Okay, you know what What would be funny? What if I recorded that noise, but some other weird thing, and you tried to subtract that, like a... If you put that in as your sample, and then it tries to subtract that noise from the podcast, but the podcast doesn't even have that noise in it, you know? That would be weird. Okay. Girl, my lips are sealed. You pick me one bar. Heal my car, shield my tie, heal high deal by wheel, stop you. Jim Davis is my name. You're listening to Being Jim Davis, the only podcast to make the Weight Watchers' 10 Most Wanted list. My name is Christopher Winter, and I'm Jim Davis. My name is Jonathan Gibson, and I am Jim Davis. John, today is Monday, the 25th of September, 1978, and we are looking at the 99th ever Garfield strip, John. It sure 99. is, and we sure are. Boom. Done. John, what? look, I could go on for quite a while <laughs> about this being the 99th strip, but we're trying to knock these out. We've got a lot to do today. So, John... Hit me up with a synopsis. What happens in today's strip? Well, let me see what I can come up with off the top of my head with no preparation. I mean, look, if Monday. you need time to think, I will note that this is the final strip with no, double numbers. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 11, I'm a professional. I'm a, 33, I'm a professional. 44. Okay, go on. I can do okay, this. I can do this. Okay, Monday. Last, okay, Monday, last strip Monday, before big number one. September 25th, 1978. John Arbuckle. The final two-digit number. You're interrupting my synopsis. Garfield's. So, go, go on. Go on. Now I have to start over with the date. Monday, September 25th, <laughs> 1978. John Arbuckle unintentionally does a thing. Truer words, John, were never spoken. Never. John, the Christian Gospels are less true than the synopsis you just read. Well, that's, Your description of this strip. That's not a high bar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, snap. Um, take that, Jesus. Uh, I'm talking about the biblical Jesus there, John, not the historical Jesus. Yeah, sure, sure. Not a slight um, on the historical Jesus. I'm um, sure Bart Ehrman will be happy about that. Hey! Hey! Bart Ehrman! <laughs> Bart Ehrman, probably, probably one of the... What, what would you say? Top three? Top three uh, historical New Testament scholars? Yeah, I'd say I'd put, uh, I don't know. I mean, look, who we else need would, to, we need to get down put to up business. There? Robert who, Price? Who would you put in your top five? Oh, J John Dominic Crossan, for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I can't forget De him. Definitely John Dominic Crossan. Maybe uh, I always forget how to pronounce this guy's name, but uh, Giza Vermesh. I, okay, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I just knew those the two. The guy who wrote Jesus the Jew? Look, I think we did pretty well naming New Testament scholars, <laughs> something neither of us had planned to do. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to take a ball and, 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 and run somewhere you don't know with it. All right. So here's Too a true. comic strip. John, so panel one. Panel one. We have John Arbuckle doing household chores. Always a, an exciting topic mm. for the purpose of humor. Whistling the same tune he always whistles when he's doing yes. a chore, John. Yes, a tune the that was last seen. The single eighth note tune. 
in the strip from September 5th, <laughs> 1978, in which he was giving Garfield a bath in his living room. <laughs> Do you this think is that the... this is an old... Uh... This tune has, like, sentimental value for him, John. Like, maybe his grandmother whistled this tune to him to help him sleep when he was a child. I think that's the certainly tune being... possible. The, the tune being one? I, I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's coming back to me <laughs> I mean, now. That's it. It's one-eighth note. Yeah. Uh... Um, I don't know. I mean, given his expression, it doesn't seem like he's really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. He's just absent-mindedly whistling, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. John Arbuckle's expression in this panel. This is what I'm going to tell you what. Uh-huh. I really like his tell expression. Me. He's whistling. Does he look it's- like he? Does he look to you like he's really straining to whistle? Uh, like, I mean, he's got his, his lips are his puckered in, are. like yeah. I mean, it looks like almost look like he, he, he just you ate a lemon or something, like. You don't, don't know, but need his eyes, to poof his... your cheeks out like that to whistle. Well, it made helps. You Certainly know. not to know. whistle a single eighth note. It's convincing, is what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm a hundred percent convinced that John Arbuckle is whistling in this panel. I'm, I'm not. Look, I'm not entirely sure he's whistling, but it, it's the most plausible explanation. Um, look, look. Am I? One, okay. Am I absolutely certain? Okay, I just said that, but you I, said I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not 100. Look, I, I'm not epistemologically certain. <laughs> Epistemically certain. Okay, John. I don't know. We said we agreed that we would not take a long time to talk about each panel <laughs> during this recording session because we've got a lot to get through. But would you say? That the sheet John Arbuckle is spreading on that bed is unrealistically small. I'm like, glad look you at how long no, the bed is, no. and then look at the this size of the sheet. It seems way too small. not big enough to fit the bed. No, it's it's clearly impossible. <laughs> it looks like like it's almost the size of like a pillowcase or something. It's yeah, clearly not. The yeah, pillowcase. I mean a pillowcase. If a, if you, if the pillowcase were like unwrapped. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's... Oh, Jim Davis. Like, it, how, it would not have been hard for him to draw a larger sheet. And I'll tell you what else. Or maybe it would have. I don't know. The The pillowcase and the sheet do not match. And that bothers me. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, since we've, since we've started talking about the pillowcase, let's move on to <laughs> panel 2A. All right. Panel 2 divided up into halves this week. Um, panel 2A, John Arbuckle is, and I love this, fluffing up a pillow. Mm, mm, with the ever-popular onomatopoeia, fluff, fluff. Yeah. One thing the I like sound about this of fluffing uh, a particular half strip, that's the sound a pillow makes when you fluff it. Um, yeah. As everyone like? knows. Um. The it, you get a you get a look at the yellow like what mustard yellow pillowcase there, but you also get a look look inside the pillowcase, hmm. just a little bit of the pillow itself, and the pillow itself is striped, almost a rainbow. A lot of attention to detail pattern. It's like a rainbow yeah. stripe. 
a lot of attention to detail in this mm-hmm. strip. Like mm-hmm. when I look back at the sheet in panel one, now it's too small. I'll grant you that. <laughs> but I think Jim Davis has done a great job of drawing the sheet, you know, mid-spread. It's flying upwards. You can see it billowing. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, I'll give you that. I it's got he, lots of I nice creases in some, it. He's done yeoman's work I in believe panel that, one. I believe that the blanket has, has weight or the sheet has weight. Is it a sheet, is it a oh, sheet no. or a blanket? I'm confused. Uh, because here's could, the thing. It could be a blanket. Like It could be a blanket. Well, if it's not a blanket, then where is the blanket? Because, I mean, maybe this is getting ahead of ourselves, but but uh, this will be, the pillow will be the last item of bedding that John applies to this bed. Mm. You know? So you're saying you think he needs a blanket. I think so. I mean... Well, okay, don't forget, John... We know within fiction, within fiction, John, it has been established that it is quite warm hmm. in Garfield's, in and around Garfield's home. That's true. That's true. But still, I mean, I don't uh, know. Which I'm going to assume to be Muncie, Indiana, but who, who's to say? I still think he put something else on the bed besides just a sheet. Maybe it's Lyman's bed. <laughs> Why would John be making Lyman's bed? Oh, you think Lyman makes his own bed? I don't think John should have to make Lyman's bed. I think if Lyman's not going to make his own bed, his bed can just be unmade. I think may- maybe that's why John looks sort of pissed off. Does he look pissed? Look, can we move on to panel 2B? Because this to me this one is just bizarre. Yeah, to all right. Me. Okay, panel 2B. John, we've seen John working hard Mm. to make a bed, which may be his, maybe Lyman's. It's hard to know. He completes the process. Hey, hey, it's not Garfield's. We know that. We've seen Garfield's bed. True. True. He turns to his left and calls out, Garfield, time to eat. And then in the final panel, John has left the scene, and Mm -hmm. we see the bed with a cat-shaped lump underneath the mm-hmm. sheet, blanket, whatever, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. John just placed on the bed, with a thought right. bubble emanating from mm-hmm. it. And that thought bubble says, I hate Mondays. Now, are we sure it's Garfield under the bed and not Lyman? I, hey, I know I hate Mondays I never said it Garfield's was Garfield. catchphrase. You said it was cat-shaped. Yes. <laughs> Could be any cat. Or anything shaped like a cat. Now, but to be fair, like Garfield is the only cat we've met in the Garfield universe that hates True. Mondays. True. And you know, possibly the only cat that we've met in the Garfield universe. Yeah, definitely the yeah. only cat we've met. Um, few things about this strip overall. We get a very good look at this bed mm. while John is spreading the blanket mm-hmm, on the bed mm-hmm. and fluffing the pillow. Mm-hmm. And there is no cat-shaped lump on the bed at the time. Yes. Where did Gar? Yeah. Where did Garfield come from? In pa- okay, so in panel one, I mean, there's there's I there's mean, just I, no I space that isn't visible, like underneath the blanket. Yeah, like we're supposed to believe that he's already under the blanket, and John doesn't notice because he's busy whistling. But in his panel two A, tune, the blanket we see the blanket, and it's perfectly it's flat. flat. It's perfectly yeah. flat. So this one, and this John, one doesn't work I'm, then. No. Now that I'm looking at panel one again, it's worth pointing out. You noted that the sheet or and or blanket does not match the pillowcase. You correctly noted that. 
It also does not match the <laughs> undersheet that is already on the bed, unless that is just the mattress. That might just be the mattress. And it also does not match the headboard. Because if you look at the... Okay, so the blanket sheet thing, if you look at the corners of uh -huh. it, it yeah. doesn't look thick enough to be a blanket to me. It looks very thin, mm -hmm. almost paper thin. Yeah, it's not a fitted sheet. It's not. Though. It's not. It's not like an undersheet. Yeah, I, I mean think. that that thing is deli thin. <laughs> Wafer thin. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe this is Lyman's bed. <laughs> I picture. I picture. I picture John Arbuckle sleeping. On a, a far more luxurious bed. Yeah, Arbuckle probably you, has oh. a... Yeah, yeah, totally. Probably like a four-poster bed. Well, John... I know, we've seen his bed already. We don't need to speculate. There is no need <laughs> to speculate about the appearance of John Arbuckle's bed. We just we just step back to uh, September 8th, 1978. That is a, what, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday, September 8th, 1978. Is that the radio one? Yeah, that's the radio one. Um, I mean, the bed in that episode doesn't have a headboard. It has a side desk. Mm. It's not, it's, John is underneath what it really appears to me to be a blanket. Um, So these are different beds. It's a similar color. Yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is definitely a different bed. And I'm going to, I'm going to back up your uh, assumption your not assumption. You weren't assuming. Your supposition. Thank you. That this may well be Lyman's bed, or at least the guest. That raises the guest a bed. lot of questions. Raises a lot of questions. Okay, you know, you know what, you know what story I'm telling myself about this now. No, I don't. It's weird that it's weird. Okay, we know it's not John Arbuckle's bed, right? Mm. That's been established in fiction. Yes. Well established. We know Lyman. We know Lyman has been staying with John Arbuckle at least off and on. Mm -hmm. We know it would be weird for John Arbuckle to make Lyman's bed for him, right? Do you think? Oh, do you think he's um, trying to kick Lyman out? I think Lyman has disappeared. Hmm. Um, I think Lyman. You know, I think he. Wow! And Lyman was just in yesterday's. Strip. Yeah, he was just giving Odie a steak. I remember that like yeah. it was yesterday. So I think Lyman is. You know, he's, wow, I'm really having trouble explaining <laughs> this. It's not like Lyman has just wandered off and we don't know whether he's coming back. John Arbuckle wouldn't bother to change his sheets and make his bed in that case, right? No, not if it was just the next day, it seems like. Unless, yeah, maybe John Arbuckle has more than one guest bedroom. It's but, a little I mean, in, wi little in which case, why would he be making the bed? yeah. Unless you, he just periodically, like, maybe this is, like, you know, fall cleaning, you know? And, he, and he's like, oh, time to remake the the spare guest bedroom bed. The only story no, that make makes sense. sense to me, the only story that makes sense to me is Lyman has left. He didn't just disappear without, you know, without explanation, or John Arbuckle wouldn't be making the bed. Um Lyman, John knew Lyman was going. You think Lyman, Lyman has gone off? You think somewhere. Lyman left? I think a, Lyman's going into rehab. You think? Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you, do you think Lyman left a suicide? He left note? a note. <laughs> <laughs> but I like rehab better. I mean, I mean, hey, I mean, alert, six of one, Lyman will right? appear again. Yeah. yeah, they're both good. I I like Lyman leaving uh, a suicide note. <laughs> 
because Joan Arbuckle's response to that is like, well, time to make clean the up the guest bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't whistle right now. I'm laughing too hard. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I have. Uh, I'm thinking Lyman's in rehab, but I guess I don't know. I have a final thought about about uh, panel three. Just one final thought. Okay. Um, then we'll get to my twenty-four <laughs> points. Hopefully not. Um, Don't worry. So I, my question is, it, look, uh-huh. you have cats, right? I have a cat, okay. yeah. But in your experience, do cats mm-hmm. do cats get upset when they're, like, underneath uh, blankets or, or small cave-like enclosures? Because in my experience... They like it. Cats love that. They like that. They like some of yeah. that. They like some, they like, yeah, they, they like, like to that. feel secure. Yeah, no, I. You know what? You're absolutely right. Our cat Louie. I may have mentioned this on the podcast before. I apologize if I have. Our cat Louie literally goes underneath the sofa, claws open the bottom of the sofa, and then crawls inside and digs himself a little den inside <laughs> the sofa. I think you have mentioned that's how that, much he but, likes to have a. But it was a, worth hearing again. Lair. It's pretty good because it, it is twice. very cute. <laughs> it's very cute and extremely destructive. Well, all uh, the best things in life are. Here's one more thing. You're a cat owner as well. Indeed I am. John, from time to time, sure. When you're making a bed, you spread a blanket over a cat. It happens. It happens. But ha- is it ever inadvertent? Oh, no. It's always on purpose. <laughs> It's invariably deliberate, right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. When you spread a blanket no, you're right. over a cat, you're right. you know exactly what you're doing. Hey, let's dispel with this fiction that John Arbuckle doesn't know what he's we, doing. We froze up for a he second. He knows there. exactly what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Whatever. Look, let let's dispel with this fiction, which makes it makes it weird that he's yeah. This makes fiction it, that John Arbuckle doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> uh, it's John it's funny that Sr. I had to say that twice. Killed JFK. It's funny. Uh, it's funny know. that I had to say. We'll no, no, no. It it's funny that I had to we'll say that twice because Marco Rubio said that multiple times. That's why it's funny. Let me explain oh, why yeah, it's funny. Good. That was not that intentional, ladies and gentlemen. Explain it to me. That was totally explain organic. To completely organic. Nothing. This podcast is very organic. Nothing but carbon. People often, you know, John, when I talk to listeners of the podcast, I talk to fans, you know, sometimes they hit me up on Twitter or whatever. They always ask me, how many drafts of each script do you guys do? <laughs> script. Right? Like, how long does it take you to workshop each episode's script? And how do and you ever do anything else in your lives? When I tell them that it's just an organic process, that it's all happened spontaneously, they're astounded. They can't believe it. Well, uh, um, you've been listening to Being Jim Davis, the Fermi's Paradox of podcasts. You can support the program by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. You can visit our blog at www.beingjimdavis.com where you can leave us a comment. You can send us an email, info at beingjimdavis.com. Um, oh, John. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to make this any longer than it already is. <laughs> However, uh, listeners may know, uh, 
there's a there's a space of you know between a, a week to even a couple weeks between when we record a podcast and when it goes to air just part in the curtain a little bit here um so i apologize for bringing up something that's a little bit dated now but we've received a lot of emails from helpful listeners writing in to let let us know that there was a problem with my audio in some recent episodes Number one, we appreciate your feedback. It, this is this is a community, and we really do depend on you to help us know uh, what you love about being Jim Davis, what you don't like, help us become a better podcast. However, I just want to remind listeners, info at beingjimdavis.com should be used exclusively <laughs> for requests, queries about information about the podcast. If you want to report technical issues about the podcast, you're going to need to send those to tech support at beingjimdavis.com. Now, the info people are supposed to forward technical issues on to the tech support people. We've asked them to do it, but they are overwhelmed with the, you know, emails are flooding in and they can't always forward things. So just if you have technical issues, Send those to tech support at beingjimdavis.com. Requests for information, info at beingjimdavis.com. You want to buy tickets to the Philadelphia Live Show on Christmas Eve? That's tickets underscore Philly at beingjimdavis.com. If you wrote to any other address that I have said on previous podcasts, that was a mistake. Yeah, those so emails have been printed out tickets. and then burned. Yeah, true. True. You can follow us on Twitter at being Jim Davis. Follow me at Christopher underscore. No, Dr. Underscore Garfield. That's the what I do use now. John. Oh, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm at inscrutable taco. Thanks I haven't changed that yet. Um, and good. Chris, before we close out the show. Yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> thought this was going to be a, a, a quick closing, but okay, we'll drag it out. You know a what? Bit. No, you, never mind. I'll save this for the next one. No, 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 no. I'm interested in what you have to. I can't wait until tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, we we uh, we got it. We got some feedback. You know, I've 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 noticed uh, <laughs> listening to podcasts that people uh, people on podcasts read uh, reviews that listeners uh-huh. write. That's sometimes a thing the that iTunes happens, store, yeah. and I thought, hey. We could get ourselves some of that. I mean, we could. Has anyone written a review for the iTunes store? Yes, we got a review uh, yesterday as we're recording. December 1st. This is by listener Ek, 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 Ek. And Uh she writes, look, I like podcasts. Classic opening line. I like that. I like that she started with our with our popular catchphrase. Look, <laughs> look. I like podcasts. They're a fun medium to do a lot of things: tell stories, talk about video games, make people laugh, discuss politics, whatever. This podcast, <laughs> though, does something new. <laughs> it makes you question the very fabric of your existence. Until I started listening to Being Jim Davis, I assumed that Garfield was a comic strip about a tubby cat. Now, 53 episodes into BJD, I realized that was naive of me. In Garfield, Jim Davis has created something new. Not human, not feline, 
addicted to lasagna and having a piercing view into the economic conditions of the late 1970s. What do you even call such a creature? Hopefully by the time this podcast finishes up, we'll have an answer. I mean, the answer is Garfield. I mean, yeah, technically the answer is Garfield. Ek, 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 ek. We, we, Listener, ek, ek, that, ek. that was actually... We're fi- you can stop listening. That now. was answered back in, in, in uh, strip number one. You know, he said, my name is Garfield. Or, or, no, John said this is... Oh, I've already forgotten. Doesn't matter. I'm Garfield, and this doesn't, is... Doesn't this matter. This is my, this is my, my cartoonist, cartoonist, John. John. Yeah. Well, thanks thanks for writing in. Ek, 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 ek. Uh, we appreciate Thanks this. If I was Jim Davis. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Goodbye. <laughs> that was real. I think. Theon? Yeah. Oh, that, you, do you know who that no, is? No, I don't. I, was not Jim I mean, you said it was a, a she. I thought that would be funny. It sounds like. Oh. Sounds like. I mean, well, Ek 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 is traditionally a, a woman's name. See, I was tempted to make a thing about that, and then I was like, you know, this episode's probably long enough already. <laughs> All right, this next one is short. Hang on, let me open this LaCroix up. Uh, so here, you can see what I'm doing. I'm gonna, gonna throw some pineapple in there, a couple of lime wedges, and then a coconut LaCroix. I can't see it, you're doing it off camera. Well, I mean, How do I, I know what you're doing? Gotta leave something to the, oh, yeah. Yeah. Support it.